The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is January 4th, 2020, sort of cool 2020. And I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And I am here with the man, the, the myth, the legend, the man that almost took down a gigantic GPP last night. We were just talking about it, and I'll let him share that with you. Uh, my main man here, Mr. Mike Apatria. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Coach. Uh, like you said, it could have been a little better, uh, but you know what are you going to do? It's uh, I had a good night last night overall in general. I was uh, a few points out of shipping a GPP and you know getting a nice, nice payday. Uh, but John Collins, you know, seven percent owned, got hurt. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely crushing. It, you know, I needed uh, twenty-one more points out of him to ship home the GPP. I I, I had a lot of the nuts uh, all around. A mm. uh, ton of Marcus Smart, ton of Jordan McRae, a uh, ton of Derek Favors. I played uh, Garrison nice. Matthews, who capitalized off of uh, Isaiah Thomas getting thrown out, mixed in with a little bit of, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, James Harden all around. So I, I had a lot of the nuts throughout throughout a lot of my lineups. Uh, but, you know, I did have a fair amount of John Collins as well. So the injury the injury kind of hurt me, man. But, uh, you know, I'm still happy. We, I was in, I was way into the green. Um, I profited uh, a good return on my investment. So I'm looking forward to going at tonight's slate with a little bit of an edge in my pocket now, a little bit of chip on my shoulder, uh, and a whole day's worth of information to break down because we are recording this in the morning. And uh, we've been pretty successful with these morning podcasts, Coach. Yeah, we actually it, I, I shot out the schedule to the team again, sort of updated and and pretty much moved this to Saturday mornings all the time because we have the opportunity to do that. Uh, and it just seems to have been more effective. Uh, we're getting a lot more positive feedback that, you know, we're able to get some of the lines in there and get some of the, the player uh, news and things like that. So, hey, you know, that's what... Uh, a uh, small amount of sleep and a lot of coffee will uh, will get this done. You know, that's what it's about. Absolutely. And you know what kind of coffee we have, but we'll get to that in a second. So. Well, speaking of coffee, <laughs> <laughs> I what, plugged what's, you did our, our presenting sponsors. Of course, Wine Isles Kona Coffee Company, as Michael just mentioned, uh, we're both sipping that this morning. Uh, we were we were talking beforehand. Our we're coffee connoisseurs now, so look them at, up at Hawaiian Isles uh, Kona Coffee dot com or look them up, or it's just Hawaiian Isles Kona dot com, right? We have this discussion every day, but I never get it right. But that's okay. <laughs> they're easy to find, regardless, guys. Just go to Amazon, so I don't ever have to remember the website for crying out loud. <laughs> so and much easier. Exactly. Hawaiian Isles, Kona Coffee, it's there the next morning. And our presenting sponsor, MyBookie.ag. Uh, MyBookie is the uh, one of the, if not the most respected, uh, online wagering, uh, what would you call it, opportunity uh, for you. That it's very, uh, just a very, very good site. I've tried it out myself. 
They have an awesome promotion where they'll uh, match up to 50% of uh, whatever your deposit is. If you use the promo code DFS today, that's the name of our show. And if you put in 100, they give you a fee, free 50 bucks to uh, play with. So I know the NFL playoffs are firing up today and everybody's buzzing about that. Uh, so take advantage of that uh, MyBookie offer and, and go to MyBookie.ag. And then today's going to be fun, man. We've got 11 games slate. Uh, looks like, you know, a lot of the sites are offering the two earlier games, a 3.30 and a 6 o'clock game, sort of as a two-game early. And then the, the nine night games, true night games, it started at 7 p.m. Uh, as the main slate. But as always, you never get cheated out of a single game here at DFS Today. We do every game. As you know, we do, we started with uh, the Summer League and FIBA and preseason, regular season, postseason, Olympics. We're not going to stop. We're NBA. Every game that's ever offered in the DFS stratosphere, uh, we are going to cover. So we will cover all 11 and hopefully get done before lunch and uh, get this out to you guys so you can make some money. So without further ado, let's I will set up the game and we'll let our guy that finished 15 out of 37,000 or whatever it was last night, Mr. Red Hot Apatria here, start giving us a little game script breakdown of uh, each game. So we've got the 3.30 game, uh, part of that two-game early slate. It's the Memphis Grizzlies at the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, it's the first game of a back-to-back -back for both teams, so that always is a little tricky, especially uh, with the Clippers. Um, right now, the Clippers are a 10.5-point home favorite, and the over-under is a nice, big, fat 230.5, which happens to be the biggest number on the board. So, Certainly, if the two early games, this is the one uh, to focus on. And uh, right now, from an injury standpoint, we have Crowder questionable from Memphis. Uh, Beverly is out for the Clippers. And Paul George is doubtful, more than likely out for the Clippers. So uh, what do you think about game one, Michael? Uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head right off the rip. A lot of this is going to be determined by Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it's a back-to-back. -back, um, so, you know, first halves of the back-to-backs have generally been the, been the ones I think he's been sitting on. So, uh, you know, I'm going to break this down two different ways. If Kawhi Leonard sits, uh, we'll start with the Clippers. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of interest, a lot of usage that goes around and gets distributed. So I'd have absolutely no problem looking at a guy like Paul George. I mean, his, his usage skyrockets to 35.6. Well, he's not going to play, dude. Oh, he yeah, he is very doubtful to almost listed as out. Okay, changing the scene on me, coach. I like it. Um, yes. All right, load up, load up, load up. This just um, proves to the listeners that you don't listen to anything I say. I know you're over there like doing your taxes, drinking coffee, and eating a sandwich, and I'm going on and on. That's okay, man. I, I get it. Uh, no, hey, no, did no. you see? Did you see my email yesterday that I responded? Ah, yeah, to? We, I always see the shots oh, you take, coach. Yeah, uh, I got during, it. During the middle of the I, day, I got to. Uh, I got to share this. It's just too funny. I know we have an eleven-game slate, but our listeners just love how we zing each other, and this is the ultimate zing. So, 
Dan Vesper sends uh, an email out yesterday to our DFS team, the four pros and uh, some of the behind the scenes guys. And we, we brought a new guy in. Uh, in fact, let's welcome him. What is his name? Let Luke. me look real quick. Luke. Yes, Luke. The force is with you, Luke. Luke is our new man that's uh, uh, come on. We had Joaquin before that, uh, and he's had a little business assignment uh, out of town. So uh, we were welcoming Luke aboard, and, and this gives us a chance to do that. And he's going to be the one that helps you know, produce some of this, get it together, get it all out on Twitter and everything. So welcome to the team. But so he sends, uh, Dan sends an, an email out that says, uh, you know, make sure, you know, when you send the recording in, you let us know a little bit about it because uh, neither one of us has absolutely any clue whatsoever about DFS uh, NBA. And I replied all and I said, well, neither does Apatria, but he's been getting by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. made my day. That I made my the, day. I saw the zinger and then I come back with uh, dropping 380 something on DK. So uh, I know you, you I'll, did. I'll take that. I'll take that to the chip. Uh, I, 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 I the zinger and then you send almost another one this, 400. Send, <laughs> send another one tonight, coach. Actually, I could use that. Maybe maybe that was the fire up I needed. Uh, you did. You beat no, me. No. You beat, uh, beat me like a rented mule uh, with that score by like about 60 last night. So uh, no worries. You know, what is it? A blind, a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. No. Uh, no, dude, but I, I, just, I completely glanced over the uh, the Paul George news. And I was actually, I was pulling up, I write an article every single morning for the layup line. I'll plug myself here. So uh, I go into depth a little bit more using usage percentages, uh, kind of a lot of the same. You'll hear me say a little plays uh, that I like on the podcast as well. Um, but there's usually a little bit more information I put in there, mostly because it's we record the podcast mostly at night, and I write the article the following morning where I have some, you know, uh, right. a couple hours. I, I write them at night as well, but every morning uh, I, I get up at 5 a.m., I leave for work uh, around 7 a.m., so it gives me two hours to kind of check everything, go over everything, add any extra details I need to, uh, and go a little bit more in depth. So, um, you know, I... I, I Wrote that article. Uh, didn't even notice the Paul George news, so that's the rookie mistake on my part. Uh, glad no, not I'm at sure, all. I'm sure I probably uh, it would have glanced across my Twitter sphere and I would have uh, saw it later on. But I well, the billion the dollar question is what is going to happen with Kawhi now on this back to back with George has to miss both games, which it looks like he will. I don't think that the Clippers are going to stray from their game plan. At the end of the day, they have no problem sitting Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion. I think that they, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it regardless. It's just kind of targeting the matchup that you'd rather do it in. Um, well, they and, got two teams that aren't that good. Did not exactly. interrupt you. Memphis no, no. tonight, Knicks tomorrow. So there you go. I would imagine that they'd <clears> probably <throat> rather uh, sit him versus the Knicks, but they're both pretty bad. Um, so I'll take this. I'll break it down real quick as though uh, let's just say that Kawhi Leonard is is going to be out um, for the for that aspect. And then, you know, we'll go into I, I mean, with Paul George out uh, and Kawhi Leonard plays enough being said there, you know, that Kawhi yeah, Leonard's a fantastic spot. Could be a He's, million percent owned. Yeah, exactly. And for, for rightfully so. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's going to absorb a ton of usage and you should go to him. So there's not much that needs to be said on that one. But I want to talk about, obviously, uh, our boy Andrews. Uh, stack between the Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Those are two guys I'd be all over with Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, and Paul George off of the floor. Got to mention that now. Uh, Harrell's yeah. usage is 
usage of 31.6%, averaging 1.3 DK points per minute. And Lou Williams is very similar, 1.41 DK points per minute with a 33.8% usage percentage. So these guys will have the ball in their hands a whole lot. And the other guy I'd probably have some fair interest in uh, would be somebody maybe like Jermichael Green, uh, knowing that they're going to be going against a bigger front court with Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jonas Valanciunas, uh, they're going to have to play green a little bit at power forward to kind of match up with Triple J. So I yeah. think that's something that they'll be doing. And um, Landry Shamet should see some increased uses, increased shot attempts, especially with Beverly out. He's been playing his minutes in the mid to high 20s. Uh, he's a value option. I think he's about 3,800 on DK. So I, I, those would probably be my main points of interest. I would look to probably get um, at least two to three of those guys with all the usage that's going to be spread around if, if Leonard and George are both out. Sounds good. How about on the Memphis side with uh, Crowder questionable uh, main guys there or you see any any uh, secondary guys? I'll be looking at uh, with Crowder questionable. I mean, the guy that would be expected to probably start would be Kyle Anderson, 3,200. He'd be a solid value play. A lot yeah. of that's going to be determined for me on whether or not Kawhi Leonard's playing because that's probably who he'd be matched up against. And in that case, uh, we'll probably see him get locked up. But 3,200 is 3,200. I wouldn't expect 30 plus minutes, uh, probably in the low to mid 20s. Not a great point per minute guy, but he can get it done in multiple ways. So I don't I don't mind it, but I'm not going to be forcing the issue just to get him in there to get the value. If you love your studs and it's making it work, if you're getting guys like, you know, uh, a Lowry, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, maybe if he does play Valanciunas and Van Vliet, you're just loading up on these studs. Then it makes sense. But don't force him just to get him in there. Um, and then, you know, the other guy, like I said, Valanciunas would probably be my main my main focus on this side of the ball. 6,300 is a great price tag. The minutes have been in the mid to high 20s, but uh, I always mention targeting centers going against the Clippers. They're absolutely putrid on the interior. And Valanciunas yeah. carved them up for 60 DK points earlier in the season. So uh, it's a testament that he can easily get it done on this uh, on, on the glass and against this front court. So uh, those would be my two primary options. And if Leonard does play and you're worried about the blowout, um, it firmly puts Melton and Clark uh, into perspective in that kind of game script scenario. Um, otherwise, it's I'm I'm loading up on this the starters. Um, I don't mind Morant 6200. The minutes have been a little up and down. Played 30 plus in the last one, but without yeah. Beverly, it, it kind of lets me feel a little bit better. So if I'm running back, you know, a few of these guys, if I'm playing two or three Clippers, I'm going to be looking to either have at least one of Valanciunas or Morant uh, in the lineup. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean this this game definitely has. Uh, my curiosity, just because, you know, we you really can't base a whole lot of what you're doing until we know exactly what, what the case is going to be with Kawhi. I would think uh, under the circumstances, even though they're, they're playing two teams uh, that aren't that strong with George out, I would think Kawhi would play. Now, will, will he be, a, you know, full go or will he be – limits uh you know any type of minutes restriction you know that's the other question you have to ask yourself you know if they're able to get control of of this game or even a game tomorrow if they determine to play him uh the question would be you know is it going to be worth that type of salary so we'll see i mean you know he's been playing uh you know a lot of minutes and playing well and looking good i mean he played 37 in the last game um and did very well uh, trying to, you know, look at the point, you know, here's a guy I want to get your uh, reaction to that. It's been playing uh, a lot of point with Beverly out and that's Derek Walton jr. And I know it's a reach, but he's gotten 20 in 18 minutes. You know, he's scoring 10 points, a couple of assists. I mean, I, I, it, it certainly could be a trap 
and you could get a seven or eight point, or he could be the you know dead man value guy that, that gets twenty for you, especially if the game uh, blows out at all. So any any love for Walton? I don't think I'd go there. Um, at the end of the day. I just don't see the upside necessarily, unless he's playing more than like 24, 25 minutes. Yeah. That's when we could kind of see him get over that 20 to 22 point DK. And I don't mark. think I don't think he's going to get it because those, you know, uh, Lou Will's going to grab those. I would think probably, you know, you're. It's probably very simple here. I think you you three stack the Clippers. You, you go Kawhi, Lou Will, and Harrell and just start your early build on that. Now, if you're playing an all-day slate, which there are some of those out there that include all 11 games, then you have to think a little bit more about it. And, uh, you know, uh, as soon as the news breaks, I think I'd start my build even on an all-day slate with Kawhi. What do you think? I I don't think I would do it on the all-day slate just because of all the other options. I like some of those other mid-tier guys that we'll get to, and once you start paying 10k for a guy, uh, you start having to look more in that four to five range rather than that six to seven range. Uh, but he's definitely a viable option. Uh, I'm not going to knock him there, but I mean, he, you're 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 paying up for him. He's 10-1 on DK, yeah. so but you lose to- all of that usage from George, and they're against a Memphis team that plays fast. It just, I mean, it sure would be nice to have like 57, 58 fantasy points in the tank to start your day, you know? Absolutely. He's definitely, you know, viable and worth it. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, but on the way that my build would probably come out in all day, I would, I'm still going to want some of that Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell exposure, and I'm not going to want to overload on this game on an all day slate. So it's, I, you know, when push comes to shove, uh, I would I would wouldn't mind, you know, Montrez Harrell at 69 if he goes out there and puts up 45 or 50 and he's, you know, thirty one, thirty two hundred dollars less than Kawhi Leonard getting 60. So um, right. it's it's kind of all going to be on how your build is. I'm not saying Leonard's a bad play by any means. Uh, I just don't know if I'd be able to get up there and spend on him. And and how about, uh, you know, you didn't mention John Morant with with uh, not having to face Pat Bev defense. I think, it you know. It's at least worth mentioning uh, Jaw a little bit. Oh, I touched on. I said uh, the only two guys I'd be looking at if I'm playing two or three Clippers would be Morant and uh, and Valanciunas. And uh, I, I basically oh, just, I missed that. that. No, that's okay. And let me let me just. Uh, I mean, the listeners probably already know this. It's kind of coming in a little bit choppy. Uh, we had Is to it? switch up. Um, I, a little bit. There was one portion over there. I think in the last uh, the last spiel you were given, you you were coming in like a little bit robotic for a second. Um, huh. and, and it's going in and out. It's mostly because of the bandwidth we have going on. We're doing a little bit different thing with the recording right now. Um, Frank and upfront, normally I do a lot of the recording and I had to do an update this morning. So this podcast was not getting out until probably about two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. If I did the recording. So, uh, you know, I just get it out there because <laughs> yeah, it's no and I don't hear any of that on my end for what it's worth. So maybe maybe you're just hearing that on your end. I don't know. Yeah, what could be? I, I mean, let so. the listeners let us know. I, that's what I hope so, too. Yeah. Uh, but um, that's that's kind of all I'm really looking at in the game. You touched on it. I mean, without Beverly, Morant's going to be able to kind of run free, run wild. He's not going to have somebody to really get up in him and check him. Um, and it's yeah. all going to be on the minutes load for him. If he's playing less than 30 minutes, I don't want to sniff him. If he's playing more than 30 minutes, he's, a, he's, he's an absolute uh, great play. 
but we don't know that going into it. So it's all about that game script. Um, you know, set yourself up for victory before the, the slate starts. Don't be playing, you know, guys that would see extended run uh, on the Clippers or on the on the Grizzlies if the game gets out of hand. But then also be playing a guy like Valanciunas where you're really hoping he gets 30 plus minutes because it's a close game. I'm with you. And, you know, if you're playing that two game early slate, I think you need to have like at least four guys, maybe five from this game uh, with, you know, spend your money wisely in this one, because uh, I think, you're, you know, this will be the, the key game there. And for the all day slate, you know, don't be afraid to, to throw a couple of guys in there. Like I said, it's the highest total and it does set up to be uh, a pretty good shootout. I think there's some good options there. All right, let's look at the second early game. Uh, it's a 6.05 Eastern. It's Toronto at Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's favored by one. I thought that was a little surprising. Uh, I know Toronto's got so many guys out. That could be the case. But uh, Brooklyn is favored, and the over-under is 2.16. So, you know, a full 14.5 points uh, smaller of an over-under. But... Uh, it's uh, looking like, according to Vegas, it's going to be a super tight game. So uh, all we know right now that uh, Temple and Levert are both probable, so we get Karis Levert back. Uh, I'm sh- I would assume on limited minutes. They haven't stated quite uh, what that will be yet. So uh, getting him back in the fold, and they have Kyrie coming back here. Uh, in this next week. So Brooklyn's going to be looking a lot better. But anyway, for this game, you know, we know the main guys, you know, with uh, Gasol and Siakam uh, and uh, uh, who's the guard, the backup guard for Toronto that's escaping me right now. Uh, Powell, Powell, Norman uh, Powell. Yeah, Yeah, those three guys are out for quite a while. Uh, and so, you know, it's been the Van Vliet and, uh, basically a little bit of Ibaka and then a lot of Lowry. So, you know, interesting game, Dinwiddie, you know, a lot of good choices here, uh, should be a close game. Uh, what, what it's, what's it looking like uh, for you, Mike? Uh, we'll start with the Toronto side of the ball. Um, Kyle Lowry priced up 8,700. It's a great matchup for him. Uh, not going to knock you if you want to go with them. Uh, I'll probably be a little bit more interested in Van Vliet for $1,400 less just for the savings. We mentioned a bunch of those high-priced guys in that earlier game that we're going to be wanting to get in there. Uh, Van yeah. Vliet's, just, you know, the usage, the shot attempts, the minutes have all been there for him. He's just coming off of a string of a couple bad shooting games where he shot 18 and 28%. Um, and those were, you know, obviously inflating or deflating the price tag. So I don't mind paying the 7,300 for him uh, in this matchup. And then, uh, you know, if we need some value, I think this might be one of those games where we can look at Boucher. Um, At the end Mm -hmm. of the day, the minutes have been a little up and down. He hasn't been returning on the investment as much as we want, but it's a big going against Brooklyn. We know that they like to use Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. So, uh, for that reason, you know, we could see him play 20 to 22 minutes, and he's a good point-per-minute guy. At the end of the day, 20, 22 minutes, 4,200 can get us there. Uh, right. Mostly a tournament-viable play. I wouldn't really trust him as much in cash games. He's a little up and down, like I said. Uh, but other than that, I'm not really looking at much. Those are going to be my two primary focuses. Well, you know, OG starting again at 5,100, I think you could look at him. Uh, I also think it's a little bit of a chase. Uh, 5,100, you know. You're you're getting a decent a decent price on him. Uh, he can easily go out there and put up 25 to 30 in this matchup. Uh, I just yeah. don't know if I'll be able to squeeze him in with all these other guys I'm looking at. 
Let me ask you this, because this has uh, to do with my build here. Um, this, it look, with Temple Probable, it looks like it'll it'll be Dinwiddie and Temple uh, starting in the backcourt against Lowry and Van Vliet. Do you see Temple guarding Lowry or Van Vliet? Uh, I think that they'll probably put Temple on Van Vliet. Um, at the end of the day, Dinwiddie's probably the better defender out of both those guys. He's a little bit longer. They know that Kyle Lowry is pretty much their offensive threat at this point with the way his usage is. And it's almost like cut the snake, uh, cut the snake's head off. You know, you take Lowry out of the game, it really hinders a lot for that offense. Well, I, I, and the reason I ask you that, and, and I guess we disagree on this one, I think Garrett Temple is a fantastic defender. I think he's super underrated, uh, you know, and he really gets uh, – gets up in people and, and bothers them. So uh, in my side of the coin here, I'm trying to go to either Lowry or Van Vliet based on which one Temple's guarding. I want to go with the other one. So now I'm really confused. <laughs> well, the only thing I, that I, I would stress on uh, is to keep an eye. I mean, we talked about Levert's returning too. So that's going to be directly impacting Temple's minutes as a whole. Um, you know, Levert's not going to come out here playing 30 minutes, but I would feel good about him playing 20 and 20 minutes. It's going to come probably, at, I would say, you know, five to 10 of it from Temple. Temple's still going to play a little bit, but this Nets team so versatile that they could switch it up. Don't forget about Joe Harris. He's going to play a lot of the two. Uh, he could play the three as well. And Levert is capable of playing the two or three. So I don't think Joe Harris is going to lose any playing time from uh, Levert's um, return. It's mostly going to be Temple. You think so? I, I'm interested to, I, I, I'm not completely with you on that one i think <clears throat> you're gonna see a little bit coming because they move everybody around so i think you'll see a little bit maybe a few from temple but i mean i think you're gonna see some from harris some from prince i think their rotational switch a little bit getting levert back in but definitely a game to to really watch look at the minutes look at the rotation because it's going to all change, and we need to know that going forward. So something to really be aware of. So I guess in a nutshell, you know, we're both talking, you know, stack more of the Memphis Clippers side of it. Uh, and then from a value standpoint, you know, in trying to build that early lineup, you know, you may have to go to uh, a few secondary guys that, uh, you know, uh, you know, let's give them like two value guys each in this early slate. You know, the the sub five five guys. Uh, what do you think, man? You got any shots for them? Uh, yeah, definitely. I saw. I, 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 but no, no, that's okay. I mentioned uh, I mentioned Landry Shamet earlier in the game uh, in the first one. I mentioned Boucher in this one. Uh, he's under five k. Yeah. He's a little bit more of a tournament type guy, though. I think Landry Schmidt you can use in cash games too. I mean, his ceiling is not all that high, but I feel safe about him getting me 18 to 20 at his price tag, and that won't uh, that won't completely burn me. Um, and yeah. then we mentioned some of these other guys, you know, in case of the you know the game script that you'll be playing. So D'Anthony Melton at 4K is very viable. Uh, you know, when he gets the minutes, he's pretty much locked. Yeah, into his eight. minutes have been all over the place lately. That's disappointing. He was playing good ball, you know. Yeah, he's played at least 20 and three out of the last four games. So, I, you know, I think those that rotation spot is still, you know, he's got a firm grasp on and the, you know, at least 24, 25 DK points in three out of those four games where he played at least 20 minutes. So yeah, he he'd produces. be another possible option. And then if yeah. Crowder sits, you could take a stab on a guy like Kyle Anderson at 3,200. Um, yeah, yeah, like I yeah. said, 
So there's there's some value to be had there. Uh, you said 5K cutoff, but you know there's some guys right at that 5K mark too. Uh, you know DeAndre Jordan, if he's starting again, I'd have some interest in him at 5200. Uh, you know he's not gonna blow the roof off the doors. Jared Allen's still gonna play. Uh, but you know for cash games, if you get 25 out of them, uh, we didn't talk about a ton of other center options other than Valanciunas on this slate that we're really interested in. He'd come into play for me there. That's a great point, and that's the one I was going to go to because I think DeAndre Jordan will get the start again because I think it was matchup-based, and I think they need him uh, against Joe Val. Joe Val's a big, thick body. Oh, well, and, he's going uh, to be going against um, against Serge Ibaka. They're playing Toronto. Oh, yeah. I'm looking so at that's, the wrong game. that's the one thing is that they don't need okay, him against Serge. So they can that, get away yeah, with Jared Allen. Scratch, scratch that then. Scratch that. Let's go back to uh, – that makes sense right, for so me. I, uh, I think Paul George was playing, so now I feel a little bit better. Yeah, now, so. yeah. All right, so I can't use him as my value guy. Well, maybe slow-mo might be the answer. I mean, they like to play him, and he does produce, although Solomon Hill might grab a few of those minutes too. Um, yeah, it's it's tough, man. You know, Boucher might be uh, the best call on the board uh, just from a production standpoint. But uh, it's not going to be a, a super easy uh, ticket because there's no just dead value that stares you right in the face. I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe not go with the, the top price couple of guys, try to go more mid-level uh, to build a solid team. Because the worst thing to do is, you know, like for me, what I've done in the past here is forced in a Derek Walton Jr., for example, and then he gives you eight fantasy points, and you're like, what was I thinking? So, yeah. you know, just be careful. In, Leonard, in that. Leonard sitting would open up the, the you know, the Harkless minutes as well. Uh, Jermichael Green's under 5K. We touched on him. So Jermichael there's, there's... Green's probably the best value play. Mm-hmm. That I'll just say that right now. I think he'd probably be the best one because he's going to he, – he produces when he's in there. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this main slate, dude, so we don't go too long. But th- those first two are a little bit uh, – yeah. Uh, tough, I thought. I, I'm yeah, not we'll, playing the. I'm not even going to play the early slate. It's just, I think it's just a tough call, and I'm not sure what to expect from it. I am going to play a few all-day slates because I want to put Kawhi in there, and I think he's just such a great foundational piece today. But let's get to that first. Uh, the first game on the main slate, seven o'clock. It's the Utah Jazz at the Orlando Magic. Uh, Orlando is on the second half of a back-to-back, so that's something uh, certainly to take notice of because Utah does beat you down a little bit. They play they play tough ball. Um, Utah is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is the smallest uh, on the entire slate at a scant 207-and-a-half. So interesting. Maybe a pass game. Um, right now, you know, uh, we know Michael Carter Williams is out, um, and they still have their, their young star going to be out for a while. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about this game? Um, it's kind of a stay away game for me. The one guy I kind of circled would be Rudy Gobert, uh, just because we're getting a $900 discount from his last game going against Chicago. So the discount kind of pops in and and interests me a little bit, but, um, we're going to get to some other centers. I just don't like this whole game environment. I don't love the total. I don't love 
much about it. So I'm not going to go out there and force anything. But as far as the Jazz, I guess we can mention a little bit of Rudy Gobert. And then uh, if you're looking over at Lando, I think, you know, you could take another look at Terrence Ross. But uh, you generally don't see those, you know, those 25 point games coming from him back to back. So just be careful with that. I played him um, a lot yesterday. I kind of cashed in on that. So I don't feel like I should go back there. I feel like I should jump off the train. He seems to be the guy <clears throat> that's that's really getting the biggest benefit from the injury. You know that uh, those minutes in the rotation somehow he's getting uh, a lot more opportunity. So um, I don't know that. You know, again, like you say, Ross is a talk about. He's a perfect example of a boomer bust guy, though. You can break the slate with him or your night's over. He's so it's definitely a risky play. Um, you know, this uh, Gobert is a stud and I, I've noticed though teams are getting huge discounts uh, when they play Orlando. And it, I think it's because Orlando just plays such a slow, deliberate game. I mean, they have, they uh, average the least amount of, uh, possessions per game so that's i think what's causing everybody to uh get less and less uh salary when they're facing him so that is a tempting price on rudy for sure um but uh yeah this i for me i i don't trust this game um i know fournier's been shooting the ball well but uh now nah, i just i think as both of the industry will do uh most people will pass this game. You know, if you, if you feel strong uh, digging in on this with, with a uh, Donovan Mitchell or, or someone like that, you really want to take a shot that somebody's going to have a blow-up game, you're probably going to get them at low ownership. So that's a, the somewhat of a bonus. But uh, I'm not crazy about it either. So let's move to the next one. Uh, it's a 735 game, Oklahoma City Thunder, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland is a six and I'm sorry, the Thunder are a six and a half point road favorite over unders 213 and a half. And uh, we know Nance is out for Cleveland for a couple of weeks. And this is the first night of a back to back for your Cleveland Cavaliers. So what do you think? Um, I'll start with OKC. I'll start with the away team. Um, you know, my main my main interest is going to be in the backcourt. Uh, we always target, talk about targeting Cleveland's backcourt that they've been yeah. for us all season long. Uh, we have to pay a premium for these guys, though. You know, Chris Paul, 7,800. Shea, 75. And uh, looking at Schroeder, 66. Those are the guys I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I would probably look more towards uh, like Shea and Schroeder. Uh, Schroeder's probably my favorite option just with a discount, but I don't want to discount how well Shea's been playing over the past seven games. He's averaging uh, 25 points, five rebounds, three assists, or 25, I'm sorry, five assists, three rebounds, two steals, uh, shooting over 50% from the field and almost 50% from three. So he's absolutely on a burner. Um, it's not a game yeah. that he necessarily needs to slow down. It's a great matchup. So um, I would say Shea and Schroeder, my main interest. And then looking over on the Cleveland side of the ball, don't love anything. Um, but if you want to take a stab at Kevin Love, I like the price tag. 7300 is fair. Uh, but it's a back-to-back. If this game gets out of hand, he's the first guy coming off the court. So I wouldn't over-invest in him. Um, and I think I'd mostly just have the interest in the Thunder's backcourt. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's hard to trust the minutes um, with Love because, you know, if the game – but, he again, he's a guy that can break a slate, though, too. You know, he's so effective when he gets hot. And, you know, he's going to grab a bunch of rebounds. 
Um, but I don't trust that side of the ball. I, you know, I've been on the Shea bandwagon since preseason, but, but his price just keeps going up and up and up. Um, but I, 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 he's been on fire. He's producing value three of the last four games, even with the increased pricing. I think he's a good play tonight. You know, I always try to play one solid guy uh, against Cleveland, uh, their backcourt. You know, Chris Paul is also in play for me. I mean, he is playing terrific ball. The Thunder's playing really well. I'm very impressed uh, with the run that they're on. I mean, they may go from being complete sellers to just sort of standing pat uh, with this squad now. So I think they're trying to get that momentum and keep it going. So I'm going to consider Paul and Shea. I think that would be very contrarian. And I think uh, even though this this over-under isn't overwhelming, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, uh, I think those guys could be dangerous and uh, probably just go with Shea and Cash and maybe roll both of them out in a GPP uh, and nobody from Cleveland for my side. So, all right, man, let's go to this next one. We've got an interesting Indiana Pacers at Atlanta Hawks, uh, Indiana seven-point road favorite, 222.5 over-under. We know that Brogdon is out for Indiana again, and Sumner is questionable, so they're going to be a little thin in the backcourt. A lot of Holiday Brothers action, I guess. And and with Atlanta, we know that it's a sore subject with Mr. Mike here, but we know Collins, excuse me, hurt his back. Uh, They haven't listed as questionable, but I would assume that he's not going to play. But it's the second game of a back-to-back, so this should be very interesting. What, what's your take? Yeah, it's a great game atmosphere. Um, I'll start with Indiana. Um, I'm going to be all over Holiday. 5,600 is just too cheap for him in this matchup. We've seen what he's been doing with the starting role uh, as of late, yeah. and he's doing well with it. So knowing I'm getting 30 minutes out of him, uh, going against Trey Young defense, I have no problem looking at him. And I'm not going to force it. I know this is a great game environment, but – um, he's going to be the, probably the only guy I'm really looking at on that side of the ball. I don't mind taking a stab at a guy like TJ Warren for the scoring upside. Uh, TJ McConnell makes for a solid pivot off of Holiday, but you're paying yeah. a premium for him on DK. He's 4800 He's He's not that minimum salary or $3,600 guy anymore. Um, yeah. So I think Hol- Holiday is going to be my main option I'm looking at. Sabonis is great, don't get me wrong, uh, but you're paying almost nine k for him. It's a fantastic matchup, but we're talking about a guy that's nine k. Um I could probably spend that money in a lot of other spots. Did I lose your coach? Uh, yep, you're back now. <laughs> so that's probably it for me. Just Holiday looking at the uh, Indiana side of the ball with a little bit of McConnell sprinkled in to hedge my bet. Um, and then looking over on the Hawks, I, I love Trey Young. 9500 no John Collins. I have no problem paying that price tag. Uh, this is a great spot for him. We know Brogdon's out, so we're not going to have to worry about that defense. He's averaging 55 points, uh, DK points, against uh, Indiana this year. He blew up against them early on, so I have no problem going to him. And then I want to mention Jabari Parker with uh, with Collins most likely out. Um, he's been yeah. in the doghouse lately. He's been coming off yeah. the bench. Um, you know, he's back. He's playing. But, you know, they're going to need some of the size against the front court, going against Miles Turner and going against Demonis Sabonis. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see them play a little bit more of him instead of putting DeAndre Hunter at the four. Uh, but keep an eye on that. Just something to mention 
Um, Alex Len doesn't make a bad pivot too. Like I said, they're going to need size against this 4,600. He's a tournament guy. Wouldn't trust him in cash, but when he gets the minutes, he's, you know, he's either 33, 34 DK points or he's 17. I'm with you, man. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm seriously looking at Alex Len, and I, I'm embarrassed to say that because he's not good, but I, I just think based on this matchup, um, it just seems as though they're going to need him on the floor as much as they can get him out there. And he has been known to produce, and you don't need a big game out of him because he's so cheap. So he certainly comes into play for me. I I like both Holiday brothers from the Indiana side. I think they could both do well in this matchup. Uh, Sumner, if Sumner sits for sure, I like Justin because he's been Sumner's been grabbing a lot of uh, minutes recently off the bench. Um, and we know Atlanta plays fast, and they don't play strong defensively. So I think the Holiday brothers are in play. Um, yeah, McConnell's price should not have risen the way it did, or he would have been a decent uh, pivot as well. Um, you know, I love Sabonis. I'm tempted, and I may end up going there. I, it seems like, you know, I think Drummond and Sabonis are probably the two guys that I've rostered the most this year. And generally, they, you know, they follow through and get it done. So, you know, it should be a competitive game. I know Collins, if he's definitely out, you know, the spread's seven for Indiana, but they're not the same team without Brogdon. So I think this game stays close enough. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to spend the money on Young, although his price is down by from where it was. So, you know, it could be a stackable game i mean this could be the game that we look back on that, that took down the money uh you know if, if it's a uh, a stack on each side if you're if you're getting you know some worn and holiday and maybe following up with uh you know even a len with uh with trey so just just some thoughts there and i think uh certainly need some pieces of this game uh to be successful in my opinion Absolutely. It's All a good right. game environment. 805 game, buddy. Boston at the Chicago Bulls. Um, Boston's only a one and a half point favorite. The line seems a little awkward to me. Uh, the over under is only 209 and a half. So uh, Vegas definitely thinking this is going to stay low and close which is always interesting when you're trying to handicap it, I guess, because it's the second night of a back-to-back for Boston. Um, and Chicago has three guys listed, but they're all listed as probable. That's Levine, Carter, and Archie Diancano. So um, I don't know, man. What do you think? What do you think of that line? Doesn't it seem – I, I would have thought Boston by like four, four and a half. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I mean, without without Kemba, um, you know, shifts the line yeah. a little bit. And the Bulls, as bad as they are, they they hang in these low scoring, obnoxious games. That's so it's it's not a good sign when you're playing the Bulls because they're gonna try to control that tempo. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta expect the Celtics. They almost dropped one to the Hawks. They're getting smoked in the first half, basically until Collins got hurt. Uh, so you gotta yeah. expect maybe they just don't want to mess around tonight. Yeah, maybe that affected the spread. I mean, you know, look how well Smart played, though. I mean, you know, that that's the thing. Um, it'll be interesting. Are you are you going to use many uh, from this game? 
I'm not going to go overboard. So, I, you know, we'll touch on Marcus Smart first. Uh, he's definitely a viable play. I always talk about, though, that the Bulls are, you know, been playing very well against opposing backcourts, uh, limiting them. So, you know, I'm not going to go overboard on it. I'm still going to have some exposure. He's still more than fair price tag at 5,400. But I'm just saying, don't be shocked if you see like one of those 24 and a half point DK games fall in place. Um, I'm also going to be looking at Jalen Brown. I think just with Kemba off the court, he takes control of a lot of that usage. He's been playing very well, at least 40 DK points in three of the last four games. Um, So that's going to be my most comfortable options. I feel like those are the two safest options for me. Tatum and Hayward are definitely in play. I don't want to really pay AK for uh, Tatum in this matchup. And, um, you know, I just feel a little bit better about Brown as, as opposed to Hayward. So I'd rather pay the extra 400 for him there. Um, I, I, you know, Canner's questionable right now. I'm expecting to play. It's just stitches in his chin. So I don't think it's going to be enough to keep him out. Probably just put a bandage over it. Um, and you know, that's going to get pull away, uh, some of the ownership I'd have in Tice, but, uh, that's kind of all I'm really looking at on the Boston side of the ball. And as far as Chicago, I don't want to play anybody. Um, you know, you could look at Zach Levine at 7,500. He's more than a viable option in tournaments. Uh, but Boston's backcourt has been very well, uh, done very well all season. You'll probably expect him to see some Marcus smart defense. I agree. Yeah, this this game is my biggest stay away game of the day. I really am not interested in anybody. I will give you an interesting stat, though. <clears throat> Jason Tatum was a guy that screwed most of the industry last night with his, what was he, two for 17 or some craziness. But if you remember about a month ago, he went one for 19, I believe, in the game. Yep. And, and that very next game after... He went from, like, the third highest owned guy. Everybody was pissed, gave up on him, and he threw, like, a 50-burger on the board. So, you know, I, I don't know. If you're a believer in, in a day late, dollar short on the DFS side, <clears throat> he could be a dangerous guy to bounce back against Chicago, you know? Oh, yeah. I never I never go by the game log. If you're a game log watcher, uh, you'll find yourself at a disadvantage because, you know, you got to sometimes just forget about the last night. Uh, yeah. I look forward to this one. So uh, I'm not really focused on as far as him coming off of a terrible shooting game. It's just the price. I mean, at the end of the day, you, expensive. You, you're paying 8K for him. And, you know, know, if he goes out there and puts up 42 DK points, great. But that's what he's supposed to do at that price tag. I'm looking for some value. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's a bad game in my opinion. So, all right, let's 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 float to the next 8 o'clock game. It is the Denver Nuggets at the – Washington Wizards, they're always – seems like every team has three Wizards on it that rosters anymore because of all of the guys hurt, all of the craziness going on and people getting thrown out. And the Wizards have been sort of the TFS talk of, uh, you know, all of these games, which who would believe it? But, uh, you know, here they are. They're at home, and they're a big, fat 11.5-point underdog. The over/under is 222 and a half, and you know, good lord, man, who's? How do you figure these Wizards games? I know we've been riding Jordan McRae uh, into the sunset a little bit, and that's been nice. But uh, you know, I'll let you t- tackle this one. You have a better handle on the Wizards than I do. Um, yeah, I have no problem going back to the McRae well on this one. He's still. Priced uh, 5,700, underpriced for his recent performance. Uh, yep. So I mean, a lot of that is is going to be determined on, you know, obviously Bradley Beal's status. Uh, right. So you know, Beal plays probably won't be going to McCray as much, but it's also that game script scenario. If you think the Nuggets are going to run around, uh, run away with this one, McCray's coming off the bench. He'll still see big minutes. He'll still see plenty of shot attempts. So uh, in both game script scenarios, I feel like it's okay playing them. I'd obviously have 
a lot more confidence with Beal out. Um, probably won't be going to Thomas. I know it's a little bit of a revenge narrative. He does not like the Nuggets, but he's just been absolutely right. putrid this season. When he's Terrible. not getting ejected, he's playing absolutely poor. So I don't feel the going need to Going into necessarily... the crowd, pushing refs. What the hell's happening to poor he's, IT? He's <laughs> catch, catching some of the Antonio Brown um, over Jeez. there. But, uh, you know, and I, I talked about Garrison Matthews. Uh, if Beal's out, he's a viable minimum salary guy. At the end of the day, he's not going to light, you know, the, the roof on fire. But if you get 20 to 25. Did for you um, last night, brother. Yeah, and a lot of that I just want to, you know, go and say that it probably had some implications due to the Isaiah Thomas ejection. You know, that allowed him to see a few extra minutes. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, but minimum salary with Beal out uh, in a bad game script where this Nuggets should be able to run away with this one. I don't mind looking at him. Interesting. I, I mean, do you really think Jordan McGray is is blowout proof? See, that's that concerns me. I think because he's without Beal, he's almost their go-to offensive threat. And I'm thinking, you know, Denver gets up 20. I, I'm afraid he might be one of the first couple of guys to sit. That's yeah, I don't just know about a thought. That. Uh, yeah. they, they lost by 19 to Portland. He played 33 minutes. They lost by 21 to Orlando in the whole game before that. He played 31 minutes. When they won by against when they beat Miami by uh, 18 points, he played 35 minutes. So it doesn't seem like the game script's really affecting his minutes all that much. Um, it's That's just a good point. You know, 26 shot attempts in the last one. Uh, in a, in a, in a 19-point loss, I think if anything, the game gets out of hand. They're going to say, dude, just go out there and have fun. Uh, well, we're not playing for anything. Yeah. Like we've said all along, he is not shy. So we've he has been a real pleasant surprise uh, for us being able to get some value the last week. So uh, hopefully that continues today. Um, the, what about? I'm sorry to cut ahead. you off. I think the fade comes in with the ownership. Expect them to draw ownership. People are going to see the box scores. Oh gosh. Yeah. So that's where you're going to get your advantage. If you're avoiding McCray, uh, what I would recommend is maybe hedging your bet and playing somebody like a like a Garrison or something like that where. You know, maybe McCray, or maybe you go with a guy like uh, uh, Gary Payton the second, not Junior. Uh, Gary Payton the yeah. second. Uh, there and, you go, man. There you go. <laughs> and that's simply because you know maybe McCray gets his minutes limited and somebody else sees him. But uh, he's a great he's a great play. It's just the, I expect a very very high ownership with him. I'll tell you, if Beal sits, uh, you may want to play McCray even as a blocker because he's going to be so incredibly highly owned. And his, you know, his floor is so good that, uh, you know, he may become a must play even as a blocker in a cash game. But uh, something to look at. Let's see what the status is there. What, what about uh, the Joker? Any love for the Joker against uh, the Washington trio of Mahinmi and all his buddies under there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a fantastic spot for everybody on Denver. It's all going to be about how you game script this. If you think that this game is going to stay somewhat intact, where Jokic is going to play 30-plus minutes, he's a fantastic play at 9,400. I have no issues going with him. Um, same thing could be said uh, you know, for Murray at 75. It's it's just a great matchup for everybody in this. I probably won't get to Murray that much. I'll probably get to more Jokic than I would Murray. Um, and then I, you know, I also want to just touch on like the guys in case the, the game does get out of hand. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. 4K wouldn't be shocked to see yeah. him get a few. They need to hurry up and just start this kid. He's an absolute. He's stud. looking good, man. He's he is looking good. They need to move yeah. somebody. They need to move one of these guys on the wings, whether it's you know a Barton, a Harris. Uh, you know somebody needs to go. Um, you know maybe it's Millsap, and they end up just starting Grant long term and giving Porter Jr. some of that in between bench run at the three and the four. Um, yeah, their their depth is fantastic. 
fantastic, but I don't think they can hold that kid back much longer. You're right. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, you know, looking at Plumlee, looking at Porter in case of a blowout. Uh, I have interest in both those guys are both solid point per minute producers. It's a great atmosphere, fast pace, everything else that we said about this game already. Um, and then Jokic, if you think the game could stay close, you know, here's an interesting point and it's a good time to bring it up because, you know, there's no question. The best way to win at this is game script. You got to figure out rotations figure out who's guarding who you know what what are the coaching tendencies what's the recency in games all of that stuff comes into play to determine you know who you think's going to do well who's not going to do well great fades great value guys but you know one thing that i've noticed this last couple of weeks uh, on the nights where i've struggled a little bit the games that i'm expecting to blow out aren't blowing out and in fact, they're flipping the script. Like if you remember last week, you know, everybody thought the Heat would go into Washington without feel and just murder them. And the Wizards killed the Heat. And then we had, you know, uh, at least two other games where we're saying, oh, these are going to be just absolute massacres. Uh, you know, Atlanta, the one game without uh, Trey, and, and, and then there was a follow-up game where everybody was out and the games went right down to the wire. So that becomes problematic. So the, I, I say all of this to ask you this, Mike, because I've been really thinking about this the last few days because it's affected some of my slates is how much weight when we're game scripting do we really want to put on blowouts? Um, I say, you know, enough. Well, if you're, it really depends on what kind of contest you're playing in a, how many lineups you're playing, um, you know, single entry, multi-entry, whatever it is, that's all going to determine. Cause if we're playing in a multi-entry, like I, I load in some 20 extra, some 20 entry maxes and right. stuff, you know, contests like that. Um, I don't put as much weight into the blowout, uh, just because I know I'm going to be game scripting it with several different lineups. I usually have a core of four to five guys that I look to play in a lot of these lineups. And then, you know, in the game script scenarios, I'll, I'll, I'll swap out the other guys. So, you know, maybe in a lineup where I'm not playing Trey Young and I'm game scripting that game a little bit differently, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll pivot and I'll go to a guy like Jokic at a very similar price tag, put him at center, get some different exposure to that other game at guard and kind of mix and match like that. So I think if you're playing a one entry bullet or you're playing your cash games, um, you know, maybe hedge towards the blowout factor a little bit more than you normally would just because. Uh, you're going to be running out a lot of lineups with that one. Like if you're like you coach, if you're making one cash game lineup, you're not just That's entering what, right. one cash game. Um, yep. So you don't want to have so much weight into that game. And then you're going to kick yourself. You're going to be like, well, it's Denver you're going against Washington. And I just invested in Jokic and every single lineup. And he played right. 26 minutes and he'll still get you. Listen, it's a great matchup. He'll still get you to 40 or something like that in 26 minutes. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but there's so many other options that you could have. So the slate's going to also determine how much you take into the blowout factor because um, I don't think that, like, you know, there's, there's, well, I'm sorry. I do think that there's a few other games that we could look at where there's other similarly priced guys around that, you know, between 8 and 9K range where if you feel better about and more comfortable in a cash game of them getting you to 40, 50 or whatever it is, uh, as you do Jokic in that game that does have a blowout risk, go with the guy you feel comfortable with. At the end of the day, that's what cash is all about. It's being yeah. profitable on a nightly basis, not going out there and taking bullets, hoping that you could take down a GPP. Exactly. And so and, and that's that was why I wanted to talk about it, because my, you know, 
my entire process is game scripting all of this out like I just explained with all of those variables. And uh, the blowout piece is huge because if you're, you know, if I'm paying up for, well, just since we're talking about, it, let's say Joker right now in this game, if I'm paying up for Joker and I'm only putting two cash lineups out there or even one, you know, because I generally will go higher stakes with the one lineup and opposite and not playing GPPs. So, you know, I can't afford to make that mistake. And and there's nothing worse than when you, play, you know, do that and your guy sits, you know, the last four minutes of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter and you just, you're, you're, you blow up there because you lose all of those minutes. And, you know, these guys like Joker get 1.3 fantasy points per minute, 1.4 fantasy points per minute. You're in big trouble. However, you know, and you you can't not look at that as a possibility and just say, okay, I'm playing Joker because I think he's going to be the best guy on the slate, and and I think the Wizards are going to hang in there. I my point being is this: stick with your process. Just because I've had a few of these blow up on me lately, like the Miami uh, Washington game and such, for the most part, Vegas knows how to set lines. And those lines don't move a ton if, you know, they're looking like they're a big favorite and they stay a big favorite. In the long run, yes, you're going to have some, you know, outliers. But for the most part, those are going to stand true. And I think you have to factor, keep factoring that in and not let recency of blowouts flipping bother you. So I wanted to sort of put that out there because I know your GPP look and how you play in the 10 tournaments you enter are exactly the opposite of what I play and, and how I'm building, which why I think when we do shows, it gives all of our listeners a little piece of, of all of it so they can figure out how they want to do it. But for me, my point there is if you believe in a blowout and you game script it and you think a guy's not going to make value because of it, stay with your process. Don't let one or two outlier games blow you out of what you're used to doing. So <clears throat> that's what I wanted to share is the, the little bit of wisdom today. I like it. Coach. All right. Man. Talking about that stuff is a big help. You know, it's the real deal. I mean, it's what, what, you know, and depending on how people play, everybody plays differently. And I can't emphasize that enough. You know, it's just, if, if there's ever anything that wasn't cookie cutter, it's playing DFS. First, you know, we've talked about this a lot of times, but depending on the site, depending on the amount of stakes, depending on the entry, GPP, cash, whatever, you have to take, like, it's almost like playing a completely different sport. I mean, you're looking at it in a completely different manner. Yes, you want to look at the guys that are going to get have the biggest nights and the guys with the best value, but how you build that lineup is all based on what you're entering. So keep studying, working on that, figuring out your lane and playing in that, those type of games. Cause that's, what's, that's the only way to be successful and then staying with it and not, you know, not chickening out and saying, okay, you know, this burned me last week. It's going to be close, you know, cause I think, I think Denver Washington's going to blow up. I think Denver beats them bad. I'm not going to play Joker because I don't think he's going to get the minutes. And I think people will roster him because it looks like a perfect spot. And because of recency, I've second guessed myself a little bit today. But talking this through, 
just you, you got to stay with your beliefs and process and your game scripting if you're going to win out in the long run. And I'll tell you, the best way to, to learn this stuff and feel good about it, you know, and, and I don't say that in a cocky way because Mike and I aren't, you know, the number one and two best DFS, you know, minds on earth, but we sure as hell know what we're talking about and talking through this every day and listening to it and discussing it and breaking it down is going to get us stronger and stronger listeners and us as well. So, you know, the key is listen to us every day. We are the, the only seven day free DFS podcast NBA wise that's out there that gets down and dirty with all these games. We're going to give you everything, you know, every angle, whether you, you mass enter or play single slate, we're going to give you everything and you can pick us up podcast wise anywhere they're found. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Rate, review, subscribe. We would ask you to do that. You know, as we're building, you know, more and more sponsors and getting bigger, we want to keep this free content out there for you every day. So, you know, even the five stars, the likes, positive reviews, thumbs up, all of those things add up for us. Uh, you know, our our home base, uh, hoop-ball.com, is a big supporter of what we're doing. We appreciate MyBookie uh, for, for being our presenting sponsor. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code DFS today, all one word. Get a 50% match on your first deposit and, and take down uh, some good stuff. They have great payouts, quick payouts, very reputable. And so I would absolutely uh, go there and get that done uh also follow us on twitter uh you know it's a three-step process you know guys and gals we have some good female listeners so when i say guys i just mean everybody uh in case i i ever slip on that i'm not being sexist by any stretch but you know follow us on twitter because it's it's that three-step process we talk about it and we're gonna drill it in there every day you know listen to the podcast it comes out either first thing in the morning if it's one of our night tapings or uh, late morning to, you know, around lunchtime, it's going to be out there where we go through every single game, give you an idea to start building a nice uh, shell lineup that you can have some of the pieces in place to begin with, and then follow us throughout the day because the news matters, you know, what the situation is today, you know, with Kawhi, for example, with Beal, you know, all of those things are going to shape the entire way this in this slate in your build takes place so all of this information is is well and good but then you have to plug the pieces in as they come out throughout the day so if you're on twitter at hoopball fantasy uh all one word hoopball fantasy is where everybody's feeding in their information from our hoop dash ball team that's including our four pros and miles and andy who do a fantastic job uh i'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Andrew Hansen is at Language Olympic, all one word. And Miles Hartley is at Miles, that's with a Y, uh, 6565. So follow us on there. Follow the news up until lock. You know, so we've got the three steps, like we say. Listen to the pod. 
sketch some stuff down, take some notes, get that shell lineup started, follow the news throughout the day, uh, keep all of that information handy, and then follow up until lock. However you need to do it, get in front of your computer, on your phone, whatever, watch that news, follow our Twitter feeds to see any late news, and then boom, you got, you're putting your best foot forward as you enter these tournaments. So we really appreciate, uh, you know, you following that with us because I think that's the winning, you know, that's what's got Mike and I here doing this. Uh, and we know other pros that do this for a living. And, you know, uh, a big part of that is following that process and, and not, uh, you know, being undisciplined and just throwing stuff in there or going all in or doing this or do that. You know, I always recommend maximizing, you know, 15% of your pay of your bankroll. You know, if you have a thousand dollars in your uh, accounts, uh, you know, 150 bucks is, is a good amount to bet in that evening in the right, in the right uh, categories. Cause you know, you don't know if an Isaiah Thomas is going to bump a ref and get thrown out. You don't know if John Collins is going to twist a knee uh, halfway through the game. So you don't, you know, as perfect as we do this, there's no magic pill that it's all going to unfold that way. So you don't want to put yourself into position to have to chase and chase and and uh, not, you know, do this correctly. So build it. Sometimes little wins are good. You'll pop that big win in. Like, you know, you guys remember, you know, six weeks ago or so, I, I did take a $25 bullet shot at a GPP on FanDuel because I really loved my cash lineup, and it ended up taking down the 1500 uh, first place. And, you know, when you get stuff like that, it's a nice boost. It helps you keep, keep building that bankroll, but it didn't change any way that, you know, I approached each slate and how much I was going to play. In other words, I didn't think, okay, I got this, and the next day, uh, you know, I got 1000 in there. I'm, I'm sticking with my system, and I think that's going to really – uh, help you guys in the long run. So, okay, Mike, I need to take a sip of coffee here. So let's go to this next game, which happens to be uh, our Dallas Mavericks at 8:30 game. Charlotte Hornets at the Mavs. We know already that Porzingis and Hardaway are out, which is sort of crushing. And it looks like De- Delon Wright very well may miss this game. I think he's on the downside of questionable. So that's going to put us a little bit behind the eight ball uh, going into this game. So give us a game script on our Mavs, buddy. Yeah, so I think this is uh, it's a good overall game environment for the Mavs. Uh, you know, Hornets, they don't play at the fastest pace, but they play very little in poor defense. Doncic on DK, priced up 12-4. Um, well, I'm going to have, I'm gonna have some shares. Uh, yeah. Not going to be a ton. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not going to go overboard, but I'm a, I'm a GPV player. If you're a cash game guy, uh, you know, probably don't need to go there. Uh, but we know Luca has that 80-point upside, and that's going to be viable in tournaments. So uh, not going to force him in there. If we get some more value that opens up, you like the way you're built, I can see it. Um, but I'm going to be looking at the backcourt as well. J.J. Bray started in the last one, Coach. We talked about this before we got on air. Yeah. I hope I hope people play J.J. Because uh, I will not be. Uh, 4,800. It's a trap. Trap. It's a trap. Yeah, let somebody else buy into that. He's Especially on DK, you're not even getting him at a discount. Paying 4,800 for a guy that's probably going to play 20 minutes at most. even if he, if he plays. Exactly. I wouldn't be shocked if we see him sit. Um, DeLon Wright's questionable. but So I'm going to be looking at guys like Seth Curry and, J- Seth Curry and Jalen Brunson again. 
Um, Brunson moved to the bench, barely, barely played, but we've seen Carlisle do Coach Popovich-like things and go with hot uh, hands and a lot of other things at, at that time. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Brunson start. If he does, I'll be all over him at 3,500. Um, I'll have a significant interest in him coming off the bench if Wright is ruled out. I think Steph Curry is a fine play at 5K. Um, enough yeah. juice left in the bone right there to kind of get that 30 to 35-point game out of him. Um, and, yeah. you know, with all the minutes that he'll be getting playing 30, uh, the ceiling isn't that low either. So 20-point ceiling probably is where I'd put him. So that, that's going to be everything. I'm not really looking at the front court here. I don't want to pay 5900 for Kleber. Um, it's not a bad price by any means. Um, but I'm, I'm just not going to probably end up going there. I'll probably look to get my exposure in, in the backcourt. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You know, on the Dallas side is hard, and I tell everybody all the time, people roster Mavs like crazy. And, you know, I get it. Their their over-unders are high usually. And I didn't even read that. Uh, Dallas is an 11.5-point favorite. I didn't say that, did I? I don't think you did, but no, I mean. No, I didn't. So they're a big favorite. Yeah, that's another thing to consider there, too, is are they going to blow them out? Although – with no Porzingis uh, and Hardaway, that's interesting. But Mavs are 11.5-point favorite over under 215. So my point being with Dallas, though, you know, Mike and I know just from watching Carlisle, you know, we, we, we always kid he's a mini pop because you just don't know what he's going to do. He'll play a guard 35 minutes and then six and then vice versa. And, and, and you know, I know with JJ, he's an older player, so he's picking his spots with him. But, you know, to go from zero minutes to 30 and then people are all jumping on him. And then you had Brunson, when Luka was out, was the highest owned guy on the slate, putting up 40 DFS points, uh, getting six minutes. I mean, it's it's a hard thing to figure. I think Maxi Kleba is going to be very, very highly owned. Everybody in the industry is buzzing about him because he's had a couple of good games in a row. They think he's a plug-and-play guy with Porzingis out, and I don't believe that. I think you got to, you know, Powell still could do that, take minutes. Boban's been playing uh, minutes and, and scooping some of those since Porzingis is out. So, you've, uh, you know, I say all of that to say that I, I think Dallas is a risk. Uh, I, I sort of like Jalen Brunson at like 2% ownership maybe at most uh, to be a guy that might get back in the rotation today. Uh, that just, just a gut feel from, from watching uh, the Mavericks. So he may be a value play. I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to bite the bullet on Luca here. I just don't know on this big of a slate. If I want to play 12, pay 12, four, I know it seems like a ludicrous spot not to, but, you know, I go back to the whole blowout potential. Can that happen, you know, with the Mavs being shorthanded? I think the, you know, the, the periphery players that, that you know, the, the Dorian Finney-Smiths and, and all of those guys can step up and do well. Um, you know, on the Charlotte side, you know, that it's it's been Devontae Graham getting it done, you know, and, and I'll tell you, uh, I think that's a big part of the reason Brunson will get more minutes tonight is because I think he'll be a great matchup for Devontae, uh, especially if, Devo- if DeLon Wright doesn't play because I think he'd be the other guy to get minutes on Devontae Graham. But uh, Graham's not a bad play on the Charlotte side. If they're going to keep it close at all, I think he's the guy that would do it. Um, 
but you know, so I could look at you know, uh, possibly a Brunson, possibly a Devonte Graham, but I am not going to be focused on this Mavericks game like I normally would. I'm with you, coach. It's uh, just those few options for us. I think we can either get that one stud secured with Luca or go to some value. I'm with you, man. Uh, All right, th- three games left, buddy. <clears throat> oh, uh, real quick, real quick. Yes. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't touch on anybody on Charlotte. Oh, um, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not too interested in him, but I just wanted to say that if you're looking at the backcourt, I'm usually siding with Rozier, but I think this might be more of a Graham, Graham day than over Rozier. I'd rather pay the extra uh, 1400 for Graham. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So if I play Brunson and Graham because of each other, that'd be an interesting correlation, but it might work. You know, mm-hmm. funnier things have happened. Um all right, man. Three games left. 8:30. Speaking of pop, we got the San Antonio Spurs playing at. at they they win the lottery today and get to play at Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee, a big fat 12 point favorite, biggest spread on the board, and, and the over under is a big fat 228, second highest over under. So you've got that that fun dilemma all the time with Milwaukee. Fast, super fast pace, super high scoring games, but they have one of the best defenses. So, you know, this has been the, the million dollar question that fantasy uh, DFS players have had all year. Is uh, Giannis going to get enough run to blow away his huge price, which I've seen him do in 25 minutes and I've seen him, you know, where you get stung that way. And if a game happens to stay close, like I think that was one of the other games that tilted me a little bit last week. Some horrible team was playing Milwaukee. Uh, was it Sacramento or somebody really weird? And they, it was all the way down to the wire. And Giannis, you know, had one of his 75, 80 point fantasy games. So uh, what do you think about this Spurs Bucks game? Does it stay close? Are you willing to pay up for some of these guys? Not a chance. I'm not touching anybody over the price of uh, 5900 in this game. Uh, okay. So I'll start with uh, San Antonio. I mean, DeJounte Murray's already been ruled out. So out. that's yes. yeah, That's going to bring in Derek White into play at 4200 He would be the guy I'm game scripting if I think that they can keep it tangible. I think he's a solid play either way. Um, but if the game gets out of hand, I, I'm going to be playing some Lonnie Walker, I think, at 3600 That's Hey, that's my – I have a new name – or my my uh, value play of the day that I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there right now. It just came to me. I don't know why. I used to make a joke about this years ago with fantasy, but I would call my value play of the day my secret squirrel. <laughs> and my secret my secret squirrel of the day is Lonnie Walker. I just yeah. think that he's gonna get minutes at that price. And he is completely blowout proof. He, in fact, that's where he'll get a bunch of his run, I think. So didn't mean to interrupt you, but I got no, excited I'm about with you. Squirrel, I'm with so. you. I'm, I'm all over him. And I think some other people might look at Patty Mills. And Patty Mills isn't getting extended running a blowout. Patty Mills gets more no. run if the game stays close. So right. um, that's kind of how I'm game scripted. If you think it's going to stay close and you want to play a little Patty Mills, sure, I'm not going to knock you. 3600 you get a little savings over the, probably the high-owned, more expensive white. But I'm probably going to be leaning towards White and Lonnie Walker as the only options I'm looking at on the Spurs as far as game script. And on the Milwaukee side, I'm not, I'm not playing anybody. 
Um, if I'm game scripting it to stay close, I can see taking a shot at Eric Bledsoe. I think he's underpriced, 5,900. I'm not paying attention to the down minutes over the past few games, uh, two of which were absolute blowouts. He's returning from injury. Those are going to get back up there soon. So those that's really all I'm looking at are those three guys in this game. Let me ask you this. Devin Chenzo has been ruled out, and I know he does soak a good 25, 28 minutes a game. Does that go to somebody that would uh... – make them playable at value, maybe like a, a Hill or something like that? Uh, Hill's minutes I don't think are going to be affected. Um, they haven't really changed. Even when Bledsoe sat out, they gave those minutes to DiVincenzo instead of Hill. So I don't I don't expect Hill's um, you know, role so to who's change. Gonna, who's going to get it? It'll probably be spread out between guys like Connaughton, Wes Matthews. Um, you know, if the game stays close, Kyle Corver will probably pick up an extra couple minutes or two. Uh, you know, maybe we see a guy like Sterling Brown kind of hedge his way back into the rotation. He's been phased out over the past uh, the last few games. But I would expect Connaughton to pick up most of those. He could be a guy you look at if the game that might be a good. That might be a good value play, good GPP play, possibly. Yeah, and that's no exactly doubt. right. GPP, don't trust him in a cash game. Um, it's worth taking a stab out at 3600 but in, if price per dollar, I'd probably rather have Lonnie Walker on the other side of it. They're the only $100 secret, the secret squirrel, man. We got a, another we got another uh, new thing going now, so that's a good thing. Hey, by the way, speaking of uh, stuff going, I we haven't been been on. We had all our guys get scratched and we've had all these crazy. We haven't been able to get anything going on our our uh, chicken suit uh, i know bet. we could probably grab something here i think you dodged a bullet coach in that last one even if, if those guys didn't get ruled out oh man Giannis went off that night or no Giannis sat that night harden went off that night luca went off that night and Whiteside went off that night i think they all had at least like 50 or 60 that was uh, nuts so you dodged a few bullets by your guys sitting i i tried i tried to uh you know Bully me, bully, I know. Bully you tried to get those wins because I I loved all those guys going in. Uh, you dodged yeah, right there. It's it's like what do they say on there? Fat shaming or body shaming? You were oh, trying to no. do. I was trying to. Yeah. I was trying to, well, I think there was definitely a case <laughs> earlier in the season where I took a guy who ended up not playing, and I think I took a hard L for that one, Coach. But that's besides the point. We'll move on. Uh, you know, past. T.J. Leaf did cost you, and I and I, and it, just because it was T.J. Leaf is the only reason that it uh, took place. But we're seven seven, and you know the the battle continues for the chicken suit. So if you do have a really crazy guy although you like Lonnie Walker so you don't want to take against him but we'll figure out somebody um two games left 830 game Detroit at Golden State we've got the Pistons our, our three-point road favorite over-unders only 214 and a half which is a little low uh, what about this uh gotta mention this in here too uh how about this Drummond news I they're talking about Atlanta being a spot and, and even possibly Dallas. That's what oh. I, I read. Uh, I would put my money on I, – uh, I, I don't think Dallas will end up getting them. I think it's to be Atlanta or Boston. Uh, those would probably be my, my two front runners. At the end of the day, I think the Mavs are more interested, and there's been speculation and rumors um, behind GM Curtin saying that they think the Mavs will end up landing Andre Iguodala. We talked about that early on. I thought that would yeah. be the best fit and the best guy that they should go for. And that, you know what, though? They've been hard on that, and it's starting to get a little not as good as it was. It was looking like it was going to happen. Now I heard he's looking to go out west again. So that would really suck if he ends up with the Lakers. But that's that's the – that's the chirping 
here and behind the scenes, but uh, they're, they're they're probably focused on locking up Collison. That's that's the rumors around there. Collison looking at either coming out of retirement uh, sometime early yeah. February, or going to the Lakers and the Clippers. So they're gonna have their a lot of hands in the pot right now for a few different guys. And sometimes when you you know you spread your love around and you're trying to get three or four free agents, you end up missing the mark on a few of them. Uh, because you're not you're not putting all your chips in the basket. So if the Mavs put all their chips in one basket and just go for Iguodala, I'm I feel confident in saying that they can still get him. I you know I I would love to get Drummond. I, I know we'd have to give some stuff up with the Mavs, but I think if you have Drummond, Porzingis, and Luca, you can make a run at it. At least you have a shot against those loaded teams to make a run at it. Now I don't think they can get him. Well, here's the thing. There are some expired. My son and I were were breaking it down last night, and they, we do have enough expiring contracts that make it extremely exciting for teams like Detroit. Like if we we'd probably have to give up Hardaway, which would really hurt, and uh, Courtney Lee, which is fine, and a couple other pieces to make the money work, uh, and, a, and and a few draft you know draft picks probably, but. It still can work and free up a, a, a hell of a lot of money for Detroit and allow them to go into free agency next year. So it, it's they, we don't have the nearly the position Atlanta does to do it, but it's still doable. I'm just for me, you know, I I think Drummond is a fantastic player. I love him, and I get Detroit is to the point now where they said, you know, it looks like they they're realizing that Griffin is sort of like pretty much done. And I think they're just going to implode the whole thing, get rid of Jackson, get rid of Drummond, and just start over with with young guys. And I don't blame them, really, because they're going nowhere fast. But uh, whoever gets Drummond, it's going to be a, a shifter, I think, playoff shifter. Uh, and that's why I don't know. I mean, does Drummond really want to go to Atlanta? Isn't he going to? Well, that's the thing. He can walk. Yeah. It's got to be somewhere that wants him. It's almost like a... That's why da- a team like Dallas, I mean, that would be you come to this city with I mean, how easy is it to sell? Hey, how would you like to play alongside Luke and KP the next five years and win a couple championships? I mean, it's not a very tough sell, buddy. No, but I think when it comes down to looking at a team like uh, the Pistons, who, like you said, they're going to be imploding. Um, they're going to be looking. They're not a, a, a free agent destination spot. And they I don't think they're, you know, they're not too, they're not. They know this. I mean, it's it's right. Detroit. They're um, gonna have to build through the draft. Exactly, and and with young pieces. So when you right. look at a team like the Celtics, who you know the Mavs lost their pick, they got KP. Celtics have picks to play with. They have young guys, Marcus Smart, Romeo Langford. They have a lot of guys that would draw some interest from a team that's rebuilding. Um, same thing with the Hawks. They have some young guys. They have some picks. So I think for those reasons, those guys get a little bit of an edge when you're looking at you know what Detroit's gonna be getting in return. From the the three teams that we were talking about, but I mean, as far as the destination, yeah, the, Dallas is right up there next to Boston as the two primo destinations. When you know, looking at that group, nobody wants to go to Atlanta right now. Well, I'll tell you what: if Boston is able to give up, you know, a bunch of expiring contracts and draft picks and all that, that stuff, and keep their core together with Drummond, look out, Milwaukee, you better start worrying because that that's that's going to be might, a tough uh, ass team right there. It might help knowing that uh, there's also a fellow UConn guy on the team as well. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Well, anyway, hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens there. I think uh, I'm holding out hope, even though we're long shots. I'd still love 
<clears throat> the Mavs take a run at him because I think that would be – I mean, if you really look at it, that's exactly what we need. I mean, Porzingis is not the, a center. He's a he's a, a, a four. He's, a, he's more of a wing. We need a guy that will get his butt to the block, rebound, and just dominate the paint mm-hmm. with Porzingis spotting up and Luke just running the show. I mean – you know, it just it, it's exciting to think of. And I, 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 I apologize for going off on this. No, match. that's OK, because I'm going to keep going on this, because another reason why I think he'll end up being a Celtic at my true heart of hearts is that they don't mind taking a rental on him, even if they have to. At the end of the day, they're they're uh, fully capable of taking a run for a championship this season. Uh, and when you look at their roadblock, it's a guy like Joel Embiid in Philly. They need somebody, a big body that they can use in playoffs against yeah. Joel Embiid. So you can even take a rental on him and take a run at a championship this year if you get a guy like that. So I think that they're going to think that. I think that there's their heart of hearts. They're also uh, in the back of their minds thinking about how they missed out on Anthony Davis because they didn't want to move a guy like Jalen Brown and they didn't want to move these young guys in these picks. Right. They don't want to miss out again. Their window's closing. They have a decent team right now where they can build around and getting a guy like Drummond would take them to that next level. And, you, you know, your point is valid because of what happened with Kawhi last year. You know, that guy just the, – the GM just said, screw it. But, you know, I think we could go at it this year. We know we're not probably going to keep him. Let's do it. And they want it. So, you know, there you go. It, it set the table for that kind of risk because, you know what, you win one championship that you're, you're legendary. You got it. So that's all that matters. But okay, let's let's move on to these last two, buddy. Speaking of Detroit, first night of a back-to-back. No Morris, no Griffin. Uh, Christian Wood will be owned by 277 million people, uh, I'm sure, and a lot of Drummond. They're playing Golden State. No D'Angelo Russell. No Looney. Cauley Stein's questionable. Uh, I don't know, man. What do you think? This it's. Uh, like I said, Detroit a three-point favorite, 214.5 over-under. So what do you think on this game? Did I lose you? Are you I'm sorry, muted? Yeah. Nope. I, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I had my mic off real quick. Uh, I was you talking to nobody. out on, on the thought of Drummond <laughs> coming to Dallas. You fell off nah, your chair. I would, though. Um, I have no problem <laughs> going to Drummond at this price tag in the matchup. A lot of people will probably be off of him uh, just looking at that down game he had. He only played 27 minutes against the Clippers. So it's perfect bounce spot situation for him. We know the yeah. usage minutes. Everything will be there for him. Um, so I have no problem looking at him. Christian Wood's still a viable option under 6K. You touched on him. It's 278 people might own him because in lineups, I don't play Drummond. I usually go with Wood. I never pair those two guys together. Uh, they directly correlate. They will play a couple minutes alongside of each other. But even then, they're correlating because they're both big rebounding guys, big point per minute guys. So um, only look to put one of those guys in there. And that's probably it. I'm not going to uh, you know, go off there and play uh, Siku. At 5,500, I think a lot of people might end up going to that. I think he's I a, viable, a viable option, um, but I'm not going to probably go end up going there. I saw we talked about several other guys in that price tag range where I had some interest in. So, yeah, everybody's going to fall for that trap, and that's silly. I mean, he's he's not what to me ready to be rostered. I don't think. But uh, yeah, I saw something sad, know. man. Did you uh, did you see the story about um, I guess during the pregame warmups where all the players meet on the the court, they usually dap each other up, say hi, how's everything been, how's the family. Nobody yeah. knew who he was, uh, so he had nobody to dap up with. He was kind of You're just kidding. around looking. It's a sad story, man. I felt bad for the guy. I wanted to wow. you know, drive out there and just give him a handshake and be like, buddy, you know, there's guys out there like us who know you are. You know the you know he's a friend. He's a young kid. Uh, yeah. First round pick out of France. 
you know, just a little raw. But don't, you know, these these guys that are raw, the playing time is the most important thing for him. Um, yeah. He's going to be a, a guy to keep an eye on over the next few years. Well, he's with this. He'll be one of the centerpieces in this whole rebuild that they're looking to do. There's no doubt about it. Um, Golden State wise, you know, with Russell out, Alec Burks has been a monster. There's no question about it. You know, you got your guys, the normal uh, guys like Pascal and Robinson and everybody that have been doing well. So Golden State's been a well of uh, Damian Lee and all the other value guys. But all of these guys' prices have gone from value to mid-range, it seems like, a lot of them. So even though I like a lot of these guys, it's not as plug-and-play as it used to be. Absolutely. Um, I do like a lot of these guys. Two guys stand out in particular for me. It's, you mentioned Burks. I think a lot of people might be afraid to pay that 6K price tag. They're coming off of a down game where a lot of their starters uh, minutes got limited in a low scoring blowout against Minnesota. They only put 85 points up as a whole team. So, um, you know, chuck that game out the window. Uh, they, you know, they haven't had a game where they scored less than 100 points dating back to July or not July, December 15th. So um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not worried about that. I feel like I can go bounce back to these guys, look for them to bounce back and get some lower ownership because of that. So Draymond Green, Alec Burks, firmly in play for me. I like pairing yeah. one of those guys, uh, maybe even some occasions, both of them with a guy like Drummond, kind of get a little mini game stack and hope that this ends up being a high scoring game. Nice. I like it. And low spread, it very well could be. All right, we, we have a true late-night hammer game that won't uh, – when it starts, um, almost all the other games will be in the fourth quarter, the last couple, and the rest of them will be over. So you'll have a true late-night sweat game. It's the New Orleans Pelicans at 10 o'clock Eastern against the Sacramento Kings. Uh, interesting to see how the, the New Orleans will bounce back after the, the uh, you know, real – exciting game against the Lakers last night where everybody was all juiced up and ready to go. So you would expect some type of a letdown uh, going, traveling down to Sacramento to uh, play them or up to Sacramento, I should say uh, on the second night of a back to back and uh, Sacramento's without more than likely without Bogdanovich. He's doubtful. Bagley we know is out. Um, Nice fat 224 and a half over under here. This could be really an exciting late night hammer game. What what do you think? Definitely. It's uh it's one I'm running into a few problems with right now because there's some guys I like. They're priced up though. They were paying a premium for a lot of the guys that we're gonna be going to in this game. It's a good game environment. Uh, very good game script game uh, game. So uh, I'll start with New Orleans. Um, you know, Lonzo Ball has been playing absolutely phenomenal. 6,500. The minutes have been there for him. Shot yeah. attempts over the past two games, 16 and 20. If I yeah. know we're going to get those kinds of shot attempts, I don't mind looking like him. Uh, looking at him, but like I actually do like mine looking like him. Uh, no offense, Lonzo Ball, man. I, I apologize, but yeah. um, <laughs> uh, I think that he's viable. Will I get a ton of him at the end of the day? Probably not. I wasn't really on him against the Lakers. I kind of wanted to pop off him. He he did well. Um, you know, yeah. I was able to do plenty fine without him though. So that's kind of the situation. I, I had him. I had him. Hooray. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, you saw you saw where I finished and saw how I cashed in. And I, I didn't know. Have him. So I think on those kind of bigger slates, you can still drift away from them. See, I don't that think would have been a need. good night for us. We didn't talk last night. We should have exchanged a few notes. Mm-hmm. We probably could have each other in a few spots, but what are you going to do? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we love doing these, Coach, because I know I don't have all the right answers. Sometimes you do. Uh, bouncing this information off each other. Maybe once in a while I'll tell you to sit JaVale McGee and you'll want to hate me for it. No. And then there's other days where, uh, you know, sometimes I got a little a little card up my sleeve and sometimes I need your help on some things, too. So Yeah, I'd uh, never carry a grudge or bring th- something up <laughs> from the distant past. Never. Nah, you never done By that. By the way, I misstated it. Somebody uh, uh, corrected me on Twitter. I said... In that game, JaVel McGee had 26, 17, and 6. It was 26, 21, and 6. So oh, just thanks, buddy. Just, uh, thank you <laughs> out there on Twitter. Uh, Appreciate that. At, at Jav, Javis or something. Thank you very much. But that. Uh, uh, they wanted to make sure you knew that. Mike, so <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> no, keep us accountable. I love it. Um, I love it. Do it, do it every day. I'll take it. Yes. Um, so I, I touched on Lonzo. The guy I think I have the most interest would probably be Drew Holiday at 7,900. I think it's a fair price tag. Um, with Lonzo starting, he's playing more off ball. I always touch on shooting guards going against the Kings is something I've been looking at for two plus years now. Um, so I think as far as that, I think he'll be my main option. Derek favors has been balling out, but I'm not going to go to him tonight. Uh, coming off of a 34 minute game where he won me a ton of money last night, but he had to spend a lot of energy going against that Laker defense, that Laker front court. Um, the Kings have been fairly well at defending, um, opposing centers and big men all season. So, um, I'll probably fade him, and I'll be mostly looking at Holiday, maybe a little Lonzo. I'm not going to knock you if you want to play Ingram, but once we dipped in that 8,500 range, we're talking we're only uh, you know eight nine hundred away from guys like Trey Young and Jokic. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that makes perfect sense. Um, I'll tell you the uh, I like the Holiday idea, and which is awkward because I may end up with three Holidays in my lineup. I, I, as I'm, you know, jotting stuff down here, I think they're all playable uh, on this slate because of specific things. That would be uh, an interesting combination, but uh, but not a bad take. I don't know. You know, I'm wondering if Gentry's going to go deeper with the bench. A guy like Jackson Hayes might get a lot more minutes or something just because of the taxing back-to-back. Do you think that's a possible to grab some value with some guys coming off the the Pelicans uh, bench? Um, I don't know if I'd go to it as far as the value play. I do think you're right. I do think we'll probably see a little bit of extended run. But like I said, Sacramento has been very good at opposing front courts where I don't think it's like something you need to do. But at the end of the day, if you're playing a guy like Jackson Hayes, he's minimum salary. You're going to be getting something good on the other side comparing him with, you know, probably playing right. a Luka or something. So I don't knock it. Um, I'd say wait to see on the Beal news. I might feel a little bit better if Beal's out going with a guy like Matthews at the same price, minimum salary. Uh, okay. But at, at the end of the day, I'm not going to knock you for it. Hayes has been um, very good when he's been given the run all season long. So um, solid call. Maybe you know, maybe I'll dive into it a little bit more when we get off air and I'll look into this kind of situation what other teams have done on back-to-backs going against Sacramento. Also yeah. what Gentry has done on back-to-backs. Um, you know, it's kind of a small sample size. We haven't had favors healthy all season playing big minutes, let alone on back to back. So it's something worth noting. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, could be some value there on the Sacramento side. I guess, you know, Holmes has been terrific, man. And Bagley's still out. Does he get a dial up? Yes, he gets a circle on my board. Um, he's probably my favorite option when looking at anybody in their starting lineup. Okay. Um, you know, I do like De'Aaron Fox. I was all over him the other night when he blew up and that paid off for me, but he's 8,600 now. Um, him and Lonzo, you know, have some history together too. Going against each other. They did it in college a little bit. Um, yeah. 
So I, I know they get up for going against each other. So I wanted to mention that uh, Buddy Heald is getting a little bit of a revenge game going back to the team that kind of, uh, you know, drafted him and threw him wayside. So that's right. You might see him uh, at 7,100. You might see him come in with a little bit of anger. But he's going against uh, my boy Holiday because I'm, I'm expecting Lonzo is going to want to guard De'Aaron Fox. That matchup makes more sense. And then Holiday will probably pick up Heald at shooting oh. guard. So that's the one. I don't know, though. Heald without if Bogdanovich doesn't play too and healed with that chip on his shoulder he could be a fantastic play today man absolutely that's why i wanted to bring it up i like the narrative i i like the the usage he's going to be getting and everything else but you know i'm a believer in the holiday defense i know we talked a few times early on in the season and you kind of you're shying away against the holiday defense and oh the so stats the stats say something different and you know i i was the first guy the first month of the season i said this pelicans backcourt can you imagine with holiday and ball and then hard off the bench they're going to stone everybody and then they they've been ranked in the bottom third defending backcourts all season long so i i mean the stats don't lie i know that the eye test in the history says they can defend but the numbers are the numbers so it's hard when to figure you know yeah, and uh, you know, it's it, that's why I'm saying it's all about how you take that take that information and you know what you trust and what you want to use. I mean, um, am I going to say don't go play healed? No, I think I just mentioned three reasons why I think he's a solid yeah. play. But at the same at that same note, you're you're not getting him for 6,400 or 6,500. You're paying 7,100 for him this yeah. season uh, or in, on this slate. That's not a cheap. And to be honest, when when De'Aaron Fox is healthy, he's he's only averaging 0.96 fantasy points per minute. So he's not even at that 1.0 DK point per minute. So if he plays, right. you know, you're not getting a great value out of him. So you're really basically no. playing him off of that narrative, hoping that he takes five or six extra shot attempts. Yeah. Yeah, he's a boomer bus guy. There's no doubt about it, too. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's there's risk there. That's all I really got. I'll be looking at a little bit of Holmes. If you want to take a stab at Belizia, I don't mind him at 5,500. I think it's a good matchup. He sees a little bit of a usage bump um, with Bogdanovich off the court. Surprisingly, he actually sees the biggest bump outside of a guy like Harry Giles, which doesn't make much sense. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I really don't you know, have too much interest on the King side of the ball other than the two guys I'll probably be starting in the front court outstanding that's it that's all i've got as well um interesting slate you know it's the question is you know there's do you pay up for luca you know with uh the ad and lebron and then of course the harden and westbrook being off the slate today you know that's usually the decision so really luca's the major pay up guy if you want to uh you know and and it might be worth doing just because he is very likely to be the highest scorer on the slate. But, you know, I'd say mess with some builds, have a couple of different options. Um, but that is a big number. But if anybody can do it, I'm sure he can. And uh, Charlotte isn't exactly uh, world beaters, that's for sure. So uh, should be fun. Should be a fun slate. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking to, you know, run it back again, have another solid night. And I couldn't think of a better night to do it on than a day where I have all day to break down the slate, break down my picks. I wrote an article this morning. I'm going to be handling the hoop ball blurbs uh, during like this primo lock time. So you you probably noticed, guys, if you follow our blurbs um, on Saturdays and Sundays, there's a little bit of uh, extra DFS action uh, involved in putting them in there. And that's because uh, yours truly is back there 
uh, running some of that stuff. So uh, I'll be all over this day. I'll be all over the Beautiful. news. So, uh, you know, I'll probably be on my computer for a good amount of time today. So if you're on Twitter and you have any questions, maybe you're messing around your lineup, feel free to shoot them my way. I should be able to get to them. Uh, I don't, you know, barring a bunch of news breaking at the same time. So, uh, you know, I'll be there. And you'll, you'll get the double dip because I'm, uh, I do the Saturday and Sunday NBA for Roto Radar. So I'll be on there uh, working on lineups and posting stuff all day. So, uh, you get the best uh, of both of us uh, throughout today, and then I'll be on tomorrow as well. Um, not on the pod, but uh, I'll uh, I'll be online handling that stuff. So Ooh, real quick, great stuff, coach, man. Real quick, sure. uh, some news just actually came out. Uh, okay. Kevin Porter Jr. has been ruled out, so that's gonna may possibly open up a little bit of bench minutes. Uh, you know, maybe a guy for a guy like Chetty Osman. Or we could see Larry Nance Jr. get a little bit of extended run because Porter Jr. has been playing some pretty decent minutes as of late in the mid-20s. Um, so something just to talk about. Don't go overboard. But I uh, felt like we should mention it before we hop off. I appreciate it. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, real quick thanks again to our presenting sponsor, MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Sign up with the D- uh, promo code DFS today. Get half of whatever you deposit in free money for my bookie crush this uh, NFL playoffs and in a national championship game that's coming up and Hawaiian Isles coffee that got us through the show. We're excited about that. And uh, we ask you to dive on with us on Twitter throughout the day. Uh, like Mike said, he and I'll be on there specifically all day today. Uh, and we're always chirping in there. I'm at Joe. Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, and he's at Micah Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And, uh, you know, again, look us up, uh, DFS Today, seven day a week. Uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe, get on there. We really appreciate that. And uh, let's make some money today and have uh, have a good we- first weekend of the new 2020 uh, year, and let's start it off right. So. Uh, any final words from your side, partner? No, I think I'm uh, I think I'm good to go. This is going to be a fun slate, guys. Good luck. Uh, crush it. Let's keep this momentum rolling, and we appreciate everything you guys are doing. Fantastic. Well, for the entire team uh, at the hoop-ball.com, Brew, Dan, uh, Luke, our new man on the team, the force is now with us, and our pros, Andrew, Miles, of course, Mr. Apatria, and myself, Coach. Uh, We will look to catch you again tomorrow when we crush it again on NBA DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.